0: All right, the European edition of Industry the Product Conference happened just a couple of weeks back, and it's taken a little time to process everything, but but it was quite the experience for sure. Oh yeah, I mean,
1: um, okay. So tell me, what were some of the the speaker highlights for you?
0: Well, all right, yeah, that's that's one thing. I mean, I I feel like we had maybe the best lineup we've ever had for our European conference, and and the Ratings and reviews that came in from attendees um, pretty much echoed that. We had some speakers like Petra Ville, um, somebody who I've always wanted to have at industry with us. And I think her talk ended up being the highest rated talk of the conference, like kind of by far. It was it was a really, really great talk. Um, But there were other people like John Cutler um, who let me know. I didn't even realize this, but that was his first in-person talk since like 2019. So we were really grateful to have him with us. Um, Matt LeMay, who kicked everything off with the very first talk of the conference, he also was there the day before to put on a half-day workshop for many of the attendees as well. So, yeah, it was it was really an awesome mix of speakers, but also just, you know, the space for attendees to get to connect with each other. Um, we had small group discussions going on, mini workshops that were put on by Bob Mesta for all attendees as well. So it was just a good all-around experience, you know?
1: That's amazing! Amazing. Any any good stories from the the after parties?
0: Well, yeah. I mean, let's just see. We actually have two parties. So usually when we put on conferences, there's the the kickoff party, and then there's the mid conference reception. And it's funny because, you know, the kickoff party. You know, we we said doors open at seven p.m. and it's like six fifty nine, and and it always feels like this every single time. I'm like but what if nobody comes to the party? Like that's not, that's going to feel bad, right? Like we're going to be here throwing a party and nobody's here, but sure enough, within like two minutes of the doors opening, we probably had, I I don't know, 50, 60 people there. Um, Probably had over a hundred people at the party. My partner, Paul um took the turntables and you know, Paul actually (laughs) is a DJ back at home. He kind of moonlights as a DJ and does gigs here and there. And, and Paul actually DJed the kickoff party. So that was a lot of fun. Um, the, Mid-conference reception, I definitely stayed later than I should have, considering I am see the whole conference, but it was a lot of fun too.
1: Nice. And I heard you had an authentic Wim Hof experience.
0: Yes, yes. And that was something else too. It was before the conference. Um, Paul's brother, Andrew, took us both to Wicklow and – We got to, you know, take a little dip in the sea. Um, The thing about that is the sea is freezing right now, but there were saunas right outside. And so, yeah, we did the whole, you know, here in the U.S., they call it the polar plunge, um, where I had never done anything like that before. So it definitely was an invigorating experience. And then, of course, you get in the sauna right afterwards and and warm up. But then all of a sudden you're getting really, really hot and your whole body just goes through this whole like, I don't know, just back and forth of senses and it's it's pretty cool
1: yeah i mean it sounds absolutely incredible
0: yes and you were you were there with us too i mean
1: i i was kind of there i I actually had a a rough trip to ireland admittedly
0: i know i felt so bad about that uh look this is a that's a crazy long journey for you i know you had all sorts of things going on too so i yeah hey i am sorry it hit you when it hit you I've been hit there before as well, many, many times. It's not your
1: fault at all. I I really, I just, I just hit a wall. It's like my second to last week at Dribble, where I've been for the last six years. It's kind of the end of this decade long journey, um, starting with crew. And I don't know, it all just kind of hit me. And we've been working so hard to get our next startup off the ground, wrapping things up at Dribble, doing some consulting to earn extra money keeping this podcast afloat it's 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 uh it's been a lot
0: yeah and and if anybody's paying attention michael's kind of breaking some news here like news bit Mm. after news bit which i know (laughs) we'll dig more into hopefully but um yeah i mean and and what what did you have like an eight hour time difference to something like that
1: that too right when i landed in ireland i couldn't sleep for the first two days i i never had like insomnia before but i couldn't figure out how to get more than an hour of sleep at a time. And by the end of the second day, I was I was honestly in a panic. And I, I skipped the speaker dinner. And that's actually when when you called me.
0: Yeah, I remember calling you um, being at the speaker dinner and just to check up because your steak was about to come very soon and I wanted to know how you'd liked it cooked. And um you you didn't sound you didn't sound like yourself when I called you for sure, right? Like it was um yeah, wasn't wasn't the the Michael that everybody gets to hear here. Um, and yeah, I, I felt awful. I know. and You were
1: so kind and understanding. It was, it was honestly exactly what I needed in that moment. But um, I, again, that night, I, I couldn't sleep. I finally had breakfast the next day. It was 7 a.m. after another rough night. Um, and I, I just passed out. And I slept almost the entire day until you came up actually after the conference. And I, I slept through the talk.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and you did you know let everybody know it's not like you slept through the talk without telling us you were going That's to sleep true. through the talk. We That's worked true. it out beforehand. <laughs> I I shared with with you. I mean, everybody from our our team. We said, hey, look, don't worry about this. Right, like this is in the grand scheme. This is not that important. Yeah, you are very important to us. Um, and we of course mean that, Michael. So yeah, you didn't give to, you did not get to give your talk at industry. Um, we are gonna make that happen at some point soon enough. Um, I actually stepped yeah. in and I gave a talk towards the end of industry. So <laughs> it was fun for me to get to be in front of everybody. Usually, I, I like to shine the spotlight on the other speakers, but um, but it was fun to be on stage too.
1: Well, I'm glad there was like a a ray of light in in this and and thank you for filling in. I, I really appreciate it. but I, I was honestly excited to give the talk. Um, I even texted you the night before I assured you, like, I've got it ready. And you were like, no, no pressure, just, just relax. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I, I, I couldn't do it. So, um, anyway, the, the whole product collective team, you guys are absolutely incredible. So kind, um, you have no idea how much I appreciate all of you. And so today I wanted to give that presentation or at least the podcast version Um, of it uh, and uh, for anyone that that would have been at Industry Europe here's my way of um, giving back and so it's about uh, 15 years of building product my loss of passion for it over the last few years and how I've slowly started to gain it back again
0: All right, well I I can't wait for this Um, we are going to roll the intro first and when we're back Michael gives his talk Welcome to Rocketship.fm. Rocketship FM is produced in partnership with Product Collective, where your hosts, Michael Saka and Mike
1: Belsito. And a quick word from our sponsors. Many thanks to the OneTrust team for their support. This episode is sponsored by porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies, too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year and more five star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain.
0: again i know we didn't get to hear this at industry europe but now everybody gets to hear it here so here we go
1: so hi i'm michael saka i'm the chief product officer at dribble but most recently i identify as a recovering product person i was actually going to give a much different talk but after some sound advice i wanted to talk about joy rather my loss of it through these last few years i'm calling it joy you could replace that with passion but i wanted to share a bit about this and how i started to find it again maybe there's a few folks out there who are in the same boat so a quick overview i'm the cpo at dribble today dribble owns four companies and as cpo i oversaw the teams across each domain dribble has been an incredible experience that i wouldn't trade for anything but my time there is coming to an end and at the end of this month, I'll be moving on. Now in the past few years, I've noticed something in myself that some of you may be feeling as well. So I realized that I had lost my joy for building product. And the two things I believe led to this were over-processed process and imbalanced priorities. So what do I mean by these things? Let's start with the role of a product manager. Now, the actual role of a product manager is probably best described by a Venn diagram, where we sit in the middle, balanced between priorities of the customer, the technology, and the business. Our role is to maintain this balance and structurally implement a process to move decisions and ideas forward from strategy to implementation. But lately, it feels like there's been a shift in this balance not just with me, but really within our industry. There is an increasingly prevalent trend of financial engineering and product that is honestly tiring as a consumer and a product leader. Because as more and more of the focus in our industry becomes imbalanced, the more pressure we have as product leaders to maintain balance within our organizations. Because if the competition is doing it, we better get on it. And the problem is, that this perfectly balanced venn diagram which is already so hard to keep in balance has been overtaken by the business and the customer and even the technology sits a far second to the priorities of the business
0: all right let's take a quick break here and we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors and we are back
1: so we have this venn diagram of product management where we're balancing the customer the technology the business and this imbalance that i've been feeling happens when we over emphasize and we over push for kpis that probably can't be hit or can't be hit in the hacky ways that we're being asked to do it so many times i've been getting False offers. Like recently from DoorDash, I was offered 50% off. But when you read the fine print, it was only 50% off the first $30 spent. Plus, they added $12 in processing fees. So they're really only giving you $3 off. But someone built that. Someone approved it. Someone shipped it. But it's deceitful. And it's not how product growth should be achieved. And as product managers, I don't believe that we really want to build these features. We build to improve people's lives. But more and more, we're spending our time simply trying to trick people or exhaust people to retain them, to continue to charge them without adding any value back into their lives. Now let's talk about process, frameworks, organizational dynamics. Every company I've worked at or acquired or have been acquired by had their own flavor of product process and they were always the best. Each was based on one of the major methodologies or frameworks and everyone did it the right way. At least that was always the rallying cry internally. And as I'd work with these teams or work within these teams, there was always similar trends that would emerge. There was always this instinct to add rigidity because it it satisfied the product leaders need for control. Some people built the process even around themselves so they couldn't be replaced. And while we all know the rules of the framework, each team, each person, each addition to that team stretched and pulled it in different directions. It was fascinating in many ways, destructive in many others. And so what do we do when something goes wrong, right? We add more process to fix the process, just like we do with a product. Rarely do we deduce. We're always adding and fixing. And that's because we're product people. It's literally what we do. We build. But all of these processes and frameworks, they're trying to answer one question, and that is, what are the rules of communication? And this is where I feel so many teams, myself included, go wrong. And as we pile processes onto processes, it becomes harder to be a human day in and day out because we've built an assembly line. Because success becomes the implementation of the process and we strip out as much of the unpredictables, the sparks, the spontaneity that make us human. We don't stifle them on purpose, but unpredictables are inconvenient, so we naturally weed them out of our processes. For years, I believed my role was to uphold a framework or a methodology for the team and to hold them accountable to it. But the truth is, passion doesn't come from an agenda or a stand-up or a retro. It comes from people, not process. When trust breaks down, when care for our craft breaks down, when everyone is just a cog in a machine, a ticket writer, a ticket doer, and we've forgotten that we're human, the process stifles progress. I once went through an acquisition. The company that we had acquired was so strict about their process. They had six pages for everything. Every task had a path it needed to follow to get all the necessary approvals. Engineers were constantly organizing backlogs and prioritizing bugs. It was described to us as a well-oiled machine until you lifted up the hood. So when I started to dig behind the scenes, I realized that everyone was really busy. And there was a ton of work being done, but there was no one that was willing to own anything that could have risk. Everyone was so concerned with dodging these metaphorical corporate bullets. They were too scared to take a risk, to own anything, to really ship anything. So they sold the company for pennies on the dollar. And even after that acquisition, no one had the notion that they had failed. They were running. The process. They were successful at their jobs because their jobs were the process.
0: Okay, one more quick break to hear from our sponsors. And now for the conclusion of the art of finding joy. Existing within these systems,
1: I found exhausting. Things should not be this hard because 90% of what we build it won't break a business. There are things that need rigor, but everything doesn't need to be hard and overprocessed. Passion doesn't exist on an assembly line, but our predominant frameworks are derived directly from manufacturing. If you're anything like me, I'm guessing that the chances are high you've had an experience like this too. Maybe even a situation you can relate to being in today. What I want to share next is what helped me to actually rekindle that joy for product in the hopes that it might help you rekindle yours too if you've lost it. So it was right around 2020 as the pressures of the pandemic put strains on the company, processes piled on in the spirit of fixing what was perceived to be broken. But what I realized was that it was the processes that were stripping humanity out of my work and the team's work. I had been moving up in my career, big promotions each year. The products that I oversaw were growing, but I was slowly losing my joy. And I sensed the team was too. There were so many meetings. There was so much process to follow. But all the while, the quality of our output was actually declining. Luckily, I had enough cachet internally to take a risk. I was the GM at the time, and our research told us that 60% of our visitors each month were effectively students, people looking to learn design. We already had four business lines. We were bootstrapped, but I felt there was a huge opportunity here. I, I brought it to the leadership group, folks above me, and they were skeptical, but I forged ahead. I built an incredibly small team, no engineering other than a landing page. We had just started sending emails to potential teachers and mentors, and that's how we stood up that first version. It was scrappy on the inside, but it looked solid on the outside. The leadership team, they still weren't bought in, and every update meeting, they'd push back on this initiative. They wanted all the answers up front, but honestly, we didn't have them. It was kind of part of the beauty. The team was solving them in real time without six pagers, right? Without strict process. But as we took it live, it became the only thing that the team was visibly excited about on our weekly all hands. Tons of questions, tons of engagement, lots of ideas flying around. It was palpable, the excitement. We kept the team extremely small. There was one day-to-day operator and they could kind of tap into product resources as they needed. But all of a sudden, everyone on the product team had cycles available when they needed it. The team was just having fun, fun getting things wrong, fun solving this big problem of how do we teach design globally at scale? It was this joy that the team had when we removed all the day-to-day friction that made the work easy and it made the product really good. And then we saw the reaction from the students and the mentors. And for the first time in a long time, we were seeing glowing reviews about how we changed people's lives, how we changed the trajectory of their career, how they were able to find a better job or launch a new career because of the work that we had done, the risk that we had taken, the things we got right, the things we got wrong. And it was the mentors who finally had an outlet to give back how good that felt for them to be able to help another person grow. My joy was starting to return, at least in this one area. And the funny thing was, there was almost no product at the end of the day compared to the rest of the apps. The product was the video curriculum, the take-home assignments, the activities, the mentors. It wasn't necessarily software. It was actually harder than software to get right, but it didn't matter because we had joy again. Over this last year, I've taken this lesson and applied it to other areas of the product team and diligently tried to strip out all of our built up process debt. When our PMs and directors of product came to me with issues, instead of adding process, as my instinct was, I encouraged them to strip it away, reduce friction, reduce frustration. And it actually solved so many problems. See, we hire people because they're skilled and we want their input. And then we put them into systems where they're handcuffed and they lose their potency. They stop bringing ideas because it's more hassle to get something done than it's worth. They stop finding creative solutions because it takes more work to present the idea than it does to execute on it. They stop caring and they just complete their tasks and they sign off. See, we should be able to find joy at and in the work we do we spend too much of our lives at work for really it to be any other way where instinctively the solution to making work good is addition i found my joy again through subtraction through trying to bring the human back into the process by being okay with a little mess if it meant a better output in the end by stripping down the process and leaving as much room as you can for creativity, ideas, and passion. And now, that education business line is our fastest growing product and recently described as magic by our leadership team. And they were right. It is magic. My hope in sharing this story with you is that it might give you some ideas about how you can infuse more humanity, more joy into your product organizations and to encourage you to try being okay with a little less structure, a little less process, and to see what kind of magic happens when you embrace that freedom. Now, my time at Dribbble is coming to an end. And as I was looking for my next venture, I searched again for how I could make an impact on people's lives in a similar way. And thus was born Gigantic. At Gigantic, our mission is to expand individual potential to push the work of humanity forward. And we're already creating courses with some incredible people. We'll soon be launching a product leadership course with Ben Foster who you've heard on this podcast so many times and is one of my personal product heroes. We're working on artificial intelligence courses, on web three courses, on leadership courses. And I can't wait to share more of this journey with you. See, we believe there's gigantic potential within everyone. And I wanna connect you to yours. So my one ask is if you go to gigantic.is that's gigantic.is and you sign up I would love to do a customer interview with you to find out how we can help you reach your full potential and so through this work I have been able to find my joy again and honestly that has made all the difference
0: Well, Michael, seriously, I, I really appreciate you sharing that. Um, I wasn't even expecting it. And, yeah, I know you're going to be with us at the New York Product Conference, which is coming up on May 4th. Um, if any of you want to be there with us as well, go to industryconference.com slash new York. Again, industryconference.com slash new York. But, um, yeah, Michael, first of all, it was awesome to get to hang out with you in Dublin. But I'm looking forward to having you in with us in New York, too. Yeah,
1: me too. And um, for anyone that wants to follow along on our journey, go to gigantic.is, that's gigantic.is, and sign up for early access. I can't wait to show you what we've been working on.
0: Well, once again, Michael, I appreciate you sharing your journey here. Um, that is going to wrap it up for today's show, though. So for Michael Saka, I'm Mike Balcedo, and this is rocketchip.f.